0: So you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. It's another microdose, so we're keeping it short-ish and sweet. This is Identify the Pandemic pattern oh man, yeah. it's not gonna be that heavy because it's me but we're gonna do some things we're gonna identify some patterns and it's gonna be cool so we begin with a poem this one is called twins and uh yeah this is one of mine from a few months ago twins the one who cares lies nested within the one who pretends she doesn't the one who cares wants to give up because humans are too brutal to stick around and witness she mourns the loss of the rainforest the ice caps the coral reefs she weeps for all the plastic in the ocean that will be here long after she's died she is full of grief for all the ways we humans shut down numb disconnect go to sleep give up give out and refuse to feel she does not respond to to phone notifications in a timely manner which is one of her charms The one who cares lies hidden behind the one who gets things done. The one who has a schedule, does the laundry, feeds the dog, pays the electric bill, stays on top of the news. The one who gets things done rolls out her yoga mat, meditates, and eats a nutritious breakfast. The one who cares sinks into the body when she can, lets tears fall down her cheeks in the bath, and breathes, breathes, breathes. She has few answers and asks eternal questions. She is often overwhelmed and leans into victimhood if left unchecked. I cannot give her unfettered time or she would pull me under again. So she nests, watching all those tasks get checked off the list, waiting for her moment to feel, to spin the globe of concern and take in the bodies floating on the Ganges, bloated with COVID, the white supremacists tightening voting restrictions, the black bodies piling up at the hands of police, the next reveal of the rapist who remains in office, and the next, and the next. The one who cares is most present with reality but cannot remain there for long, or she is held down, held under, unable to move until the one who gets things done picks her up, dusts her off, and says, yes, yes, yes. Feel all that. Use every breath to move the whole world through you. Let the entirety of existence be what it is, and then we'll get back to work. Whether the one who cares and the one who gets things done battle it out in your life or not, finding some spaces where internal battles are being waged is the name of the game for this episode of That's What She Said. And I realize that sounds just fucking terrible, but the truth is, when you have internal battles going on that you don't acknowledge, you're really not able to be present for the external, or you just feel vaguely fucking terrible and don't know why. So... Where is some war being waged within you and where can we make that go away? And like, I'm not saying go away like some fucking pie in the sky dream. I'm saying like just noticing patterns is super helpful and it makes it so much easier to make changes. So there are only a couple of questions here and I'm going to tell you because it's me. I'm going to tell you um, what my answer to the question currently is, what my answer to the question used to be. And then maybe provide some insight, maybe not, to get you to answer the question. And then will go to the next question, okay? And this is not meant to be scary. It's meant to be just like, these are the things that I wish someone had sat me down and asked me 10 years ago. Because being able to identify patterns really, really allows for there to be a sense of power and a sense of, I can take care of this. I can handle this. I can move forward from here. But if you don't know what the pattern is, if you don't know what's happening, if you don't know what's wrong, if you can't articulate any of it, you just feel messy inside. And that mess is something that asshole brain can attach to and make even worse by just beating you with like, yep. And then all the terrible things asshole brain says, like you're broken, you're useless, you're worthless. What is it? Brene Brown says shame drives two tapes too much and not enough. So whatever asshole brain does to do that, when does asshole brain take the driver's seat in your life? Just reliably, 100% of the time, asshole brain takes over when. This is so good to know because it's so preventable. If you know exactly when it happens, you can do all sorts of things to make it either stop happening or keep happening, but you're ready for it. So for me, asshole brain is this part of my um, hormonal cycle. Apologies to the non-females that are listening. It just is what it is. Um, I've been working really closely with... with well, yeah, Let's try again. I've been working closely with my doctor for all sorts of tests, and we found a couple of things. Oddly, I felt weird sharing these. Like, could people use this against me? Could you steal my identity based on these facts? I don't think you can, but if you can, I mean, go for it, I guess. Uh, We found two things. One, I have no measurable levels of testosterone in my body, like none. And two, on day 20, my hormones are like steady, steady, steady. And then they plummet like Thelma and Louise driving off of the cliff at the end of their movie. Like insanity. And the, the it's like um, day 20, I can feel it. It's like the tide goes out and it goes way out. And it feels like, I don't even know what's happening, but the ground is shifting beneath me um, because hormones are like, la, 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 la. Pfft. And there's no in between. It's like a roller coaster that just drops off a cliff. Um, so with this information, number one, I was just so excited to find out that this was an actual, like scientifically measurable thing and not just like, I go fucking crazy on this day and I don't know why. Right. So I don't make major decisions or big plans on day 20, which I've marked in my calendar and which I let bear know, um, cause that would be setting myself up for failure. So it's this simple, like, Hey, it's day 20. Day 20 is hard, reliably. And so I'm going to make it easier for myself on day 20. I'm not like back to back to back to back to back to back schedule anything because it's going to go poorly for me and for the people that I'm trying to serve. Um, asshole brain used to take over when I was comparing myself to others and fighting with people's social media posts in my head. I am not a commenter when it comes to like outrageous bullshit social media. I do not get involved, but I would scroll get outraged, close the app, and then mull over assorted outrages until tomorrow and repeat that every single day. And those outrages, like I'm not talking about controversial things. It was more likely to be tragic things like indigenous peoples sharing what the bullshit that that what's happening to them at this moment. There's no place for that outrage to go. You can't direct it at the people that are sharing their information, which is true. You can't direct it at the government. The government doesn't give a fuck about you. Um, there's no place for those feelings to go, and they were so huge that asshole brain would just take over. So, my solution is to just fucking delete Instagram. It's not worth it to just be continuously outraged with no outlet whatsoever. For you, asshole brain might take over at a particular time of day or point in your hormonal cycle. Maybe it rears its ugly head with particular clients or relationships. Totally doable, totally possible. Uh, Perhaps it only appears when a project is mentioned, a particular project, obviously, not like every project on earth, um, or when you're facing a deadline. No matter when it appears, knowing the dominant asshole brain pattern in your life helps you to make life easier for yourself. Um, Speaking of time of day, my asshole brain gets out its like fancy pants, a loud microphone after 7 p.m. So I have never done a coaching call or held a workshop that's going past or even touches that time. I wrap up while the sun's up because that's when my body is the most awesome. I'm sure there are people who do amazing coaching work in the evening. I'm just not one of them. And if I just allow that to be true, because it is... Then I can let myself off the hook for trying to be like, no, no, you should be coaching until 9pm or whatever the fuck bullshit, right? And I can work with my strengths and let it not be a big deal that I am who I am. I have these patterns and I can make my life work with these patterns instead of deeply desperately fighting this pattern, um, which was the case for a very long time. Next question, what do I never let myself do? And let is heavy. You can feel those heavy air quotes, I hope. Um, What do I never let myself do? So it's totally a thing that's on the table. It's not illegal in any capacity, but you don't let yourself do it. Um, For me, it's spending money on travel that's not work-related. If you want me to blow cash on a sweet hotel and fancy foods with a big souvenir budget when I'm being paid to speak or teach, it is no problem. That money comes in and that money goes out and it is joy all the way down. You want me to spend that same amount of money on my own joy? Oh, it's so hard. I don't know why. It's just so hard. Uh, It used to be stepping away from my computer when work was done for the day. I was very committed to just sitting at the screen for eight hours a day, whether I had actual or important work, or whether I was just bopping around on social media, clicking links like a mofo. So this was like, you know, when I still had Facebook... Um, and I would just, right? Uh, it took years for me to master the quietly subversive three hour workday, which is episode number 204 of the podcast that you can find at KristenKelb.com slash podcast, or wherever your podcasts are to scroll back to number 204. Um, You might never let yourself spend money on your needs. Very common. Um, You might never let yourself take time off. Also common. You might never pay yourself in your business. You're on that. Like, I'm just going to reinvest in the business. Heavier quotes again. Reinvest in the business continuously, never paying yourself. You might never let yourself say no. Which is tragic. And how to say no is, uh, is one of the, like, j- literally just copy and paste the ways that I will help you say no at com slash say dash no. Cause saying no is so vital to being alive. You might not let yourself have strong enough boundaries to create time for your work, time for your business or time. That's simply not someone else's to claim. So letting yourself have boundaries and again, heavier quotes on letting, um, Because it's within your power to let yourself have boundaries, say no, take time off, spend money on your needs, pay yourself, step away from the computer, travel, like you can do all of those things, uh, but you're going to have to identify and interrupt that pattern. So what do you never let yourself do and how might you interrupt that pattern starting right now? If you need to journal, pause, make a note, go for it. Otherwise, we're on to the next one. And this one is hard. I might cry. I might not. Um, what do you need to admit or give voice to about the way pandemic has impacted your life and being? So first there's no fucking way that pandemic has not impacted you. There's just, there's not a human alive that has not been impacted by pandemic some more than others for sure. Certainly. Yes. But there's no one that's just floating above it, oblivious, unchanged, no big deal, no impact whatsoever. So this is so important to articulate. And it's not something we're being asked to articulate because we're still in it. But the truth is we're still in it and we've been in it and we're going to be in it. So it's time to ask this question. What do you need to admit or voice about the way pandemic has impacted your life and being? Um, For me, it's missing the work I used to do with people face-to-face, in person, while breathing the same air. Face-to-face, in person, breathing the same air. Ugh. Whether speaking or teaching, um, I used to get on a plane to do that, what I identify as my truest work, four to six times a year. And that work travel combo fed me deeply, deep, so deeply Um, as the years of pandemic roll on. And that's years plural. Like there's a reason that we're feeling it right now. um, I miss the in-person work more and more. There is an amorphous ongoing aspect to this particular grief. Um, that recently prompted me to start working with a therapist, actually, because I don't know what to do with it. What do you do with something that you've lost for the moment, but it might be permanent that you've lost it, but maybe not permanently that you've lost it? Um, it's it's not ending. It isn't like a person died, so they're dead. This is like a person died, but they might come back, but might not. But maybe, but maybe not. Like, How do you mourn something that you've lost and might get back, but might not? I don't know. Like, I'm really really emotionally intelligent. I don't know. So I'm getting help. And if you need to admit or voice something about the way pandemic has impacted you that requires a therapist, by all means, get yourself a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a helper, a support group, an an accountability group, whatever it is that you need. There's no shame in the fact that pandemic is impacting you. It's impacting everyone. Early in pandemic, and this is really hard to admit, I needed to admit that long COVID kicked my ass. Like I got COVID and had long COVID and then was like months and months and months went past before I even heard of a thing called long COVID. Cause I had COVID, um, in December of 2019 before it had a name. So I was in it for months before it, it even publicly broke or before, um, long COVID was like a thing that other people were experiencing. And I was way too deep in fear to say things about it because asshole brain had convinced me that I would never be able to breathe or to think or to be witty or exercise because breathing is hard um, or even laugh ever again. Like those fears subsided as my basic abilities and instinct returned. Um, But it was really scary for a while. It's really scary to lose things that you find inherent to your being um and for those things to be really basic like I remember in January 2020 my goals as stated in my calendar were to breathe and to sleep and that feels like so small but also so like can you imagine those are your goals breathe and sleep um and I just kept keeping on I really don't know how I did it but I did um So whether you're flourishing or floundering or somewhere in between in pandemic, admitting the ways it has impacted your life and your being is just plain helpful. There's no judgment here. If you're doing great, please go and do great for all of us. If you feel joy, please feel joy for all of us. If you have access to joy, to peace, to ease, to fun, to delight, to wonder, to awe, So close things up because the balance of the universe right now, in particular, well, at least the balance of earth, is tilted toward misery and slog. So wherever you can find it, if you're flourishing, double down on flourishing, triple down on flourishing. And if you're floundering, admit that too. You can stop pretending that you've got it all together. You can stop pretending that you love homeschooling when it makes you want to murder things. You can stop pretending that performing continuous risk assessment is not stressful because it is right acknowledging where you are gives you the ability to move forward in a way that's both deeply rooted in reality and completely honest there's this magic in honesty that's like this is the way it is and that's reality when we can work from reality we're we're gonna be okay We don't, we, the collective, do not need you to be amazing and stunning and hashtag winning in every aspect of your life. But we do need you to be honest about where you are and what you need. And if you're like, who needs me to be honest about where I am and what I need? The people who love you. The people who love you want to know where you are and what you need. It is such a fucking honor to have someone tell the truth about this is where I am and this is what I need. To put that question, what do you need to admit or voice about the way pandemic is impacting you another way? Where are you censoring yourself? What's roiling up within you that you don't say or that you don't let yourself say? What drives you batshit crazy, but is tolerated in your everyday existence? And I know that like, um, you don't always have control over that. I get it. Like, I don't have the ability to, to do anything about everything that Donald Trump is, represents and has unleashed in the United States drives me batshit crazy, is tolerated because what else am I going to do? But if there's something that you do or you have control over that drives you crazy, but you tolerate, maybe tolerate it less. What are you holding within you that is beating on the walls of your interiors to be let out? Um, So many of my peeps, myself included, um, we have these big creative impulses and when I don't let them out, when I haven't written for a while, when I haven't expressed for a while, when I haven't sketched or scribbled or painted for a while, it gets wild in here. And not wild, it's fun. It's not wild like Reese Witherspoon's walking and it's wild. It's fucking. It's really intense. Um, So I'm not suggesting that you go on some kind of social media rant that delineates every last thing that has ever pissed you off in the history of the world. That's not it. I am suggesting that admitting how you're feeling, where you're struggling, and what's driving you crazy allows you to do two things. The first is to relieve interior pressure, that feeling of, if I have to tolerate this one more time, I will burst into a thousand pieces and destroy worlds. We want to eliminate that feeling or channel that feeling um, and to ask for help whenever possible. When you know how you're feeling, where you're struggling, what's driving you crazy, you are better suited to ask for help and to say, this is what's going on and this is what I need uncensored uncut you has many things to say there's no way that you don't have many things to say about what's going on right now maybe you voice them maybe you don't but inside of you I have no doubt that you have many things to say please find a way to express those things whether through art through conversation through therapy through hobby having some other means uh, but please don't let the big feels eat you alive that's the last thing that any of us need and then another poem for you about expression. Penning bad poems is the only way to get to the good ones. Same goes for bad photographs, bad drawings, bad drafts, shitty first attempts. They're the starting point for your work in the world. Don't shy away from making terrible artwork horrible messes, or unfortunate choices. These are the pebbles that are stacked to form your shoreline, the only risks that will count in a year's time. Go on, take a chance. Make it awful. Let your whole heart out and see where it takes you. See what your work does when you're not looking. See how it surprises you when you let your instincts out to play. Waste paint and supplies and hours at the computer writing. Give yourself to the unknown elements, the chaos of losing control over what you should be doing. Breathe it in. This is art moving in you and through you. May it surprise you every time. That's it. You survived. Um, You've identified the goal here, remember, is not to answer every question like you have 17 journal entries and 43 pages of notes. It's simply to notice, is there anything that I've said that's helpful here? That's it. That's all. Um, shoot me a note with whichever pattern you're ready to shift so I can cheer you on. And that's not me just fucking saying that. Um, that's not That's not who I am. That's not what I do. I would really genuinely fucking love to hear from you, person listening to this at this moment, and tell me which what you're going to shift tell me what's up. Um, Part of what I'm trying to do here always is to both demonstrate vulnerability and then accept vulnerability as it comes to me as just par for the course. Because if we're not telling the big, deep, scary truth, who the fuck cares what we're doing? Um, So this work, this knowing of ourselves and then taking action from the place of deep knowing is the work we do together in the Imaginarium. So if you would like to both return to yourself and find a way forward in the midst of pandemic, please talk to me about attending. The Imaginarium goes down on in Philly from March 30th to April 1st or May 18th to the 20th. March 30th to April 1st, May 18th to 20th. This live vaccinated only workshop for up to seven humans will help you stay connected to both your interiors and the world around you via some magical structures I've set up that, in, that involve massive support and accountability. I don't say that lightly. I don't just call things magical for fun. Um, there, It's really, really like I'm so proud of this work that I'm doing. And the fact that it's like this tiny little blip of I get to do this in-person work that I miss so badly is the bonus. Um, hit up bit.ly slash talk with KK to book a tiny call. Or if you're like, fuck it, I don't remember. Just shoot me a note. K at kristenkelp.com. I will send you a link. Says Nicole, an Imaginarium attendee. I have, remember this took place in November. I have never, ever, ever looked forward to December and January. Like I'm looking forward to it this year. And I didn't realize I would be so excited for these follow-up sessions. So it's not just a workshop. There's three months of support afterward. And it's fucking glorious. Um, Current Imaginarium attendees are making massive progress. They're leaning on each other in gorgeous ways. And they're sending me frequent, oh my god, thank you for doing this work and introducing me to these women texts. And by frequent, I mean like at least weekly, um, sometimes a few times a week. Um, These are these are women that are really committed to showing up for each other. And I'm really committed to showing up for these women. And it's really, really fucking beautiful. So again, Philly, Philadelphia, UNESCO World Heritage Site of the United States, March 30th to April 1st, or May 18th to 20th are the dates that we're looking at. If they are free, bit.ly slash talk with KK. B-I-T dot L-Y slash T-A-L-K-W-I-T-H-K-K. You do not have to do the rest of 2022, 2022 alone. Please let me help. And regardless of whether you can come or not, um, may your asshole brain be put in the way, way back seat. Like, remember those station wagons that had the front seat, the back seat, and the way, way back seat? Yeah. <laughs> may it go all the way back there. May you find ways to let yourself do things that you would normally not and that are really good for your being. May you have the courage and the strength, the fortitude to admit the ways the pandemic has impacted your life and being and then ask for help wherever you need to. Uh, May you find ways to stop censoring yourself and to really, really express yourself just beautifully and gorgeously, however possible. And may you find that you are connected to yourself and to your interiors now more than ever. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening one more time. The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly, or not so quietly, scream-sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different.